Welcome to Season 2 of Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a confidence life coach, comedian and mother of two. I invite you to join me bi-weekly for confidence tips and interesting chats with my guests who work in fields that help develop confidence. And sometimes with people who have a personal story to share of how they were able to break free from fears that held them back from living their life with confidence and purpose. My guest on today's episode is Danielle Robbins. She's a certified coach and founder of BU Unlimited. She works with women experiencing a father wound and is a fatherless daughter advocate. That includes any woman who has grown up with an absent or available unattached father and experiencing what is called the fatherless daughter syndrome, also commonly known as daddy issues and the father wound. Danielle talks about how she grew up with a physical father, but he was emotionally unavailable, abusive, dysfunctional, and now absent. She discusses with me in this episode how the fatherless daughter syndrome can show up with a full range of emotions and characteristics from low self-worth, low self-esteem, low confidence, trust issues, anger, resentment, unhealthy boundaries, promiscuity, unhealthy drive to succeed or toxic relationships. But best of all, she shares how she transformed the pain from the past into a gift in the present and now coaches women to build healthy boundaries at home and at work and become unlimited. Danny, I'm really happy that you're here today and I can't wait to hear about how the whole fatherless daughter idea started. If you could tell us a little bit about that, be great. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I mean, I'm excited to be here. Okay, so where where did it start from? Um, it's, it's a good question because I guess there's sort of two arms to that. Um, I am a fatherless daughter. I grew up with a dad who was emotionally unavailable, then dysfunctional with drugs and alcohol and abusive. And I haven't had a relationship with him now. He's, he's been absent in my life for around 15 years. And this has massively shaped me in negative and positive ways, you know, in my adulthood. Obviously, at the time, <laughs> when it has been showing up in my life, you know, I didn't realise where my pain was coming from or my triggers and the expressions of those. It's obviously since I've been on a healing journey and I spent a lot of time with myself to, to figure that all out. And I went, I went traveling for three years and I was on, I would say I was, I was on a soul quest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely searching for something and I spent a lot of time in ashrams. I've done some ayahuasca retreats and the pasana and I found out a lot about myself. And I came back after that into the exact same patterns that I found myself in before I left. Oh, that can be so disappointing, can't it? You go far, far away and you feel you've done everything to explore deep within and then you fall back into the same pattern. It was worse. It's worse because I've got all this self-awareness now (laughs) that I didn't have before. So I know what I'm doing you know the life that I'm living now isn't authentic to me Mm. but I really didn't know how to apply everything I had learned I didn't know how to execute that and be this new person back in my old world 
you know, I used to numb myself quite a lot with, with drugs and alcohol. Um, I would, I would, people would probably say that they would see me as quite confident on the outside, but underneath a lot of anxiety and self-doubt there. Um, I, I think I was living with a bit of a mask on, you know, I was very tough because I felt like I had to be. I couldn't rely on other people because I felt like I was always let down. I was like fiercely independent, but to my detriment. And that made me quite feel like lonely, actually. And when was that shift when you came back? How did you reach to the realisation that the, the root of everything, the cause, was having a father that wasn't available? I can't say it was one big realisation. I would say over those three years and really doing the work and spending a lot of time on my own um, and, and in ceremony and meditation that I was able to slowly piece it all together. Yeah. Now, the, the term fatherless daughter is actually something new to me. It wasn't, I, I spent three years away and I was like, oh, I'm a fatherless daughter. My life now makes sense. I understand how this has impacted me and now I, I want to serve others. It wasn't, you know, quite as, as linear as that. But I realised that, oh God, my, my childhood has, has really impacted in the way that I show up for myself. The fatherless daughter piece sort of came later, actually, um, after I did coaching. So after coming back into the UK and being more lost than I ever have been, because I've got all this awareness and I don't know where to go, I don't know what direction to take, um, I finally invested in, in coaching. And for me, that was the, the biggest catalyst in my life yet, because I was able to take action. I was able to take real change in my life. Whereas before, it was, it was a lot of the awareness and not being able to apply it. Yes. I mean, we do need the awareness first, but it's really helpful to have that coach that actually knows how to implement some steps and take you forward. Otherwise, you just get stuck there, don't you? Exactly. And that, that place where you're stuck, was, mm. yeah, like I said, that was definitely the, the hardest two years of my life. Um, and yeah, I, I got a coach and she's just been a huge part of my life. You know, she's, she's changed my life and the journey that we've gone on together after, after three sessions, it was like, oh my God, coaching is my calling. And I'm here to make my mess my message. And it was almost like this, you know, fatherless daughter piece had been like planted as a seed back in back in India or in the Amazon. And now, you know, it's finally just been watered and it's starting to grow because I can't really remember like how I got there. It, it was just there. And I felt mm. it. I felt that calling and I was like, oh my God. And I just had to run with it. And I left my corporate career and I invested in my training and I started working in the, in the coaching industry. And now you help other women who are going through the same thing. Exactly. Now, mm. fatherless, and I think this is really important to explain at this point. When I say fatherless, you know, that can be growing up with an absent, unattached, unavailable father or even having a flawed father relationship. Yeah. Because the syndromes of not having a father in your life, a healthy relationship, a healthy, fulfilling relationship with your father, the syndromes manifest themselves in the same way. 
statistically that that is one in three women out there that I believe are experiencing the side effects of not having a fulfilling healthy relationship with their father and they're being triggered left right and center and they and then not aware of where those triggers have come from you know what the root cause Mm. is and what are those signs Danny you were obviously unaware of them didn't relate them back to your father at one point and then after coaching I imagine it became clearer so for all those who are possibly going through it now and not relating it to not having a, an available or attachment with their father. Um, what are they? What are the signs? Yeah, so it's a really good question. And there is actually quite a vast spectrum in terms of the side effects. I have decided to actually niche a little bit further in terms of who I, who I work with. Um, so this is women that are stuck in a negative cycle in their relationships. So you notice the same problem keeps coming up, but with different people, for example. Hmm. This could be you are struggling to walk away from a relationship that isn't serving you, you know, keeping you stuck and, and helpless and happy. Right. So you find that they stay longer when something's unhealthy, trying to make it work? there's that fear of being on their own or being rejected being abandoned is sort of the root cause of that you've got you know self-sabotaging you know your relationship with push and pull type behavior you know when I did my my master research this was a big one and again you know there's that you're, you're protecting yourself from being abandoned so you're doing the pushing because you don't want to be on your own and then you're pulling them back in mm. and then there's also the other sort of string to this is that Women that have grown up in a broken home, usually there's quite a lot of um, chaos, drama that they've grown up with. And that ends up being quite comfortable and familiar Mm -hmm. to you. So then later on, you know, in your adult life, it's quite common that you will then project that type of behaviour because that's your normal. Yes, no drama starts equaling boring, something's wrong, and you create the drama. And I think it's a testing as well of if someone really loves you. You know, that that sabotage, that pushing, is also to see how far you could go and they would still stay. Then there's like a panic that kicks in of, no, 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 I've gone too far, I want them to stay, and, and being over nice again, over pleasing it's very tiring because of that there's that feeling of it's it's insecurity isn't it you're you're testing them to be like i need i need you to know i need to know that you love me and this is a test how Mm. much do you love me are you going to fight for me when i push you away because at the end of the bottom of that there's an unmet need of not feeling loved not feeling safe not feeling secure in your relationships yeah I think you can see that very clearly in these reality TV programs where they set people up uh, for love or relationships or marriage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of insecurity that's being hidden behind a very confident front. And the minute they're vulnerable and their feelings are 
clearer about how they feel about the other person or they start fearing that they have stronger feelings for the other person, the panic sets in and you can see the sabotage that starts happening and the pushing away. Yeah, so much of that. It's that, you know, we let ourselves be vulnerable and then instantly want to armour ourselves back up again. You know, Brene Brown talks mm. a lot about that. Um Mm. to protect ourselves but it, it, it never works it doesn't give you what you actually want which is connection joy and bliss when you armor yourself up and what other signs are there yeah so codependency again is, is a big one you know relying on your partner for your happiness to say fix or heal you Yes, and getting to a point where I imagine you don't know what you like or what you want. It's all about what they like and what they want and, you know, um, adjusting to their needs is codependency. Yes, and then in terms of what is really linked to that is people-pleasing. Yes. You know, you lose your sense of self. You're just there because, again, you don't want that rejection. You don't want that abandonment. You don't want the conflict you're putting everybody else's wants and needs before your own and you lose yourself in the process so it's something that when I'm when I'm creating content when I'm speaking to potential clients you know I always ask them you know if you're being honest with yourself because the things that we've just mentioned there it can be really difficult to admit to yourself that that is happening why is it difficult to admit to themselves that it's the root that the root cause is perhaps their childhood and their father rather than the cause is the person that they're with because a lot of the time you're blaming the person that you're with or yourself for the situation and you're not seeing that there's a clear pattern there and you know it stems back to something else why is it easier to blame the partner or yourself than it is to go back to the parent? I think that's a really great question. I think that there's a lot of taboo there still. And I think ultimately we're talking about trauma. I think people just aren't prepared to go there. I think people put their past in a box and they think that they don't need to go there because it's too painful. You know, I think people want to ignore the red flag you know because they're always there and we, we do choose to ignore them because it's too painful it's too painful. it's a worry of what what is going to come up how bad is it going to be if that box is opened also a guilt mm. you know I think everyone feels better not everyone but about saying yes my childhood was fine um, my parents did their best um, but what's great about coaching is once you've got past the anger, you actually develop empathy and can be kinder and understanding of why they were the way that they were instead of sort of bottling up resentment. How did it feel for you? What was the process like for you, Danny? For me um, and my process with sort of coaching and understanding more about my, my fatherhood and how it was showing up for me, that there, there definitely was some shame there. There was a lot of guilt feeling like I could have done more you know ultimately I cut ties because I was watching my father he was on self-destruct mode and I, I I couldn't watch it you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped mm -hmm. 
and there's always a bit of guilt around that for me mm. you know could I have could I have done more because ultimately I think that there's there's mental health issues at play there and he hasn't got the support that he probably needs but ultimately everyone's walking their own path you know I, I can't take responsibility for somebody else's choices you know, I can I can choose to pick that up like a rucksack and carry it around with me if I want, but I can also choose to put that down. And I choose to put it down. And it was interesting, you know, I can I can see the patterns, you know, sort of generational trauma, you know, and I look back, my my father didn't have a relationship with his father. And as a child, a child doesn't understand that it's not their problem to fix they feel guilty that they're not able to fix it and they can go on for the rest of their life their adult life trying to fix other people to make up for not being able to fix their father or mother it's funny that you say that because i there is a huge tendency for me and i think this is why I'm i'm a coach now because i do want to i do want to fix people i want people to be happy i want people to be the best versions of themselves but I also need to step back. <laughs> it comes with good intention, but just like it's not, it's not my path. Like who, who am I to say this is how they should be doing it? And when? Yes. It's one thing to assist and guide someone who's asking for your help than yeah. to sort of jump in and try and save everyone, whether they're asking you or not. Yeah. But that acceptance mm. of, you know, it's, it's not my journey you know that's that's theirs um and just realizing you know that he is also you know essentially a a victim (laughs) as a another he's a fatherless son Mm -hmm. I was able to really shift gears from having sort of resentment and guilt into empathy and really sort of embody him and his life and his perspective. And I'm sure he is just doing the best that he can with what he has. Yes. And how would your experience of this awareness changing things for you in your relationship differ from clients that you've worked with? Is it very varied what you see or is it quite similar? Like I'm, I'm still on the journey myself, you know, I'm still, uh, (laughs) I'm still um, noticing things, patterns, uh, outlooks of the world, and I'm still figuring, okay, where's that come from? But um, sort of going back to my clients, yeah, it's quite varied. So I've got a client right now um, that is working on their trust issues. There's a lot of distrust in the relationship, in all his relationships, and that's um, because he had a father, well, he actually, yeah, he had a father that was um, in and out of his life that would constantly sort of let 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 him down and, and disappoint and lie. So there's we're working through that. Another client that is she's a fatherless daughter, and there's a lot of feelings there of not feeling good enough, and she's at early stages of setting up her own business, and it's really showing up, you know, in terms of her confidence, her self-belief, her self-worth. There's a lot of doubt in her process of putting one foot in front of the other. Um, 
So we're, we're kind of working, working through that. Um, another client, there's quite a lot of promiscuity. There's almost like this void that needs to be filled. So yeah, as you can see, just the, the couple of examples there, you know, I could go on, like it is, it is quite varied. Mm. Yeah, so it can lead to sex addiction, love addiction, it can lead to codependency, it can lead to low self-worth. So it really depends what your relationship was with your parent, uh, how toxic it was, in what way. So you do work with men as well, Danny. so with fatherless sons. I do. Um, you know, in terms of like my, my marketing and my content, it, it is all driven towards women. Um, however, I have had, you know, a handful of men approach me. And I think the reason being is, is there's not many people. I think I'm the only one in the UK that's literally working in this space. And what do you feel the difference is between the men that have come to you and the effects that it's had on them and the women? Because I think also not having a mother who's present um, physically or emotionally has different effects to the father but what is it like between the son or a daughter of a father right now in terms of my experience i actually can't see the difference interestingly enough i was expecting to um you know i came across an article the other day and they were it was talking about fatherless sons um have more testosterone um so, I mean, that's not something that I've, I've witnessed from working with my clients, but we're still in our journey. So I think, yeah, it's, I think I need to answer that question maybe in like a year's time. <laughs> Once I've got like a better overview of seeing that people's journeys through. Is it easy to give some examples of things that you did in relationships when you were unaware and things how they've changed in how you deal with things now that you have the awareness and have worked on yourself yeah, I've got something that's come to mind um instantly with that so in my past relationship um when we would have conflict their coping mechanism at that moment in time was to tell me to leave that was such a big trigger for me and at the time I didn't I didn't realize um it was it was quite explosive you know I was hysterical you know I would I would lose control it was such a emotional reaction that would come out of me um I would say like hysteria actually and mm. we was sort of caught in this negative cycle and obviously he thought I was crazy I I felt ashamed like I didn't you know it, I was just so devastated and he was just like, you know, what's the problem? Like, I just need my space. And I actually had a couple of sessions um, with uh, a counsellor who specialised in inner child. And through working through that, I was able to see, and it's so obvious now. But in my very turbulent childhood, when I was living with my dad and he was having an episode, he would throw me out the house quite regularly. Mm. I felt, you know, when I think back to those times, I felt very unsafe, 
you know, physically, emotionally, I felt disposable of. So, mm. you know, in those moments where I'm with my partner, he tells me to leave, I'm being catapulted back to my 12 year old self, where I've not dealt with that particular pain, you know, that is yes. unhealed. And it is raw and it is explosive. And in those moments, you know, that trigger for me, the way I was reacting was a manifestation of that pain mm. of feeling disposable of again. And as an adult, you believe that you've packed that away. And if you're not looking at it, then it's safer to not be looked at and dealt with. Mm. But in fact, you are going through the pain over and over by not being brave enough to sort of look at it and heal it once and for all so that it doesn't keep doing that so we think it's tucked away but it actually isn't exactly exactly and that that awareness piece for me was huge that was the the realization a bit of a breakthrough because then it gave me time and space you know one i was able to communicate with my partner to be like hey this is a trigger for me we need to find a new way <laughs> Of, of dealing with mm. a conflict that isn't going to cause unnecessary pain and suffering. And two, it allowed me to then take a pause in those moments. Mm. Okay, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? And it was about accepting, acknowledging, understanding, not suppressing, not pretending, not putting myself down. It was like, okay, just be with it. And then I was more in control. It, I wasn't on, um, it wasn't like an auto autopilot reaction for me anymore. Mm. I was able to then change the way that I deal with my emotions in that moment. And I got my power back. Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard this before. I found it so helpful and I can't remember who I heard say it. But if you're hysterical, it's historical. Mm, oh my god I love that isn't it great <gasps> yes oh yeah, yeah. I've got, like goosebumps yeah 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 so the minute you can question and take a breath and step away and go okay this isn't about this moment this is about the past I can step away and deal with the feelings of the past instead of really go into the huge drama of the present moment yeah yeah especially because also the other person you know you you appear so irrational to them yeah and that makes it worse but funny enough they have different triggers and different traumas that will seem irrational to you so um you'll find that couple's you know think that each other are crazy about <laughs> overreacting to something they wouldn't react about <laughs> Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. I think everyone should make their own list. <laughs> yes, <What> yes. <laughs> yeah, these are my triggers. These are my traumas. Yeah. These are my peeves. Yeah. Pin it up somewhere. Put it in the mirror so you can see it every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the respect and the kindness is to understand that for someone else, this is painful and serious, even though if it isn't for you, um, to support them when they say, really, please don't say it in this way or remember to ask about this makes a difference to me. And they just don't do that because to them it's not important. That is where relationships go wrong. Yeah, Com completely. I believe. 
Yeah. I, I do. I do. Because where's their empathy? Where's the respect? Where are you honouring that other person? Hmm. You know, from, from their past and what they've gone through. Now, you can't blame anybody else, you know, for the way that you react. You know, you have to take responsibility for that. But there's supporting someone in that process. Yeah. You don't have to tiptoe around it. But you have to be sensitive to it, aware. And, you know, it feels kind to know that someone's thoughtful and remembering that you said that is sensitive for you. So they're, they're being more considerate about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you're in your most vulnerable state when you let down your guard and say that. You know, this for me is very painful. That's hard enough to say once. But if you have to keep repeating and nagging about it um, and being blamed for going on and on about it when they're actually not changing the pattern of what they're doing, yeah. it's just not fair. Yeah, exactly. And and this is the type of work that I'm doing with my clients. You know, mm. like first step awareness. Then how can you deal with it, you know, in, in, in a healthy way? How can you communicate this with your partner? Yeah. So when you're used to drama um, from your childhood and you re what's the word recre and you recreate that in your relationships, when you reach a healthy awareness to not have that and you're in a healthier relationship, it can feel boring in comparison because you're not used to it so how do you deal with that phase before you can get used to what a healthy relationship feels like or should feel like and and how do your clients how do you help them also stick it out when they're like well it's boring he's just nice or you know not much happens there's not a lot of passion because they don't fight how have you dealt with that for yourself and for others yeah that that's a great question um I guess for me I'll, I'll start off with me I know I I am a doer I, I do like to keep busy I'm quite restless so and, and my love languages is, is quality time so I think I have been able to channel that you know if I'm not having sort of drama or issues it's about okay well how can we connect how can we do things together that isn't drama just so we don't have this, you know, I do struggle with stability and structure and routine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. I, 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 yeah. yeah, so how do you work around that? <laughs> so I, I mix it up, you know. I'm, I'm always planning and we're doing things and, yeah, I think it... it do you create drama in other areas? No, like just more sort of like, you know, learning, for example. You know, I'm always mm. learning a new course. I think mm. so many coaches can relate to that. And we've spoken before yes. about that. So I've, I'm never just kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Um, you know, it's, it's where we're going to go camping or I'm studying or I'm working on my business or I'm or out walking, hiking. You know, I'm, I'm kind of busy in, in that way. Um, yeah. So I never feel like restless that like I need to create negative yes, drama. Yes, and they and sound life. like healthier ways, not not numbing ways. Yeah. They have growth attached to them rather than 
just numbing out everything yeah and I mean don't get me wrong you know I've 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 definitely had cycles within my life where that would be my go-to you know just Mm. drinking every day you know just just to numb myself because I don't because I didn't know how to process emotions in in a healthy way so when I was designing my program, um, I did quite extensive market research. And when I was speaking to women, you know, numbing came up a lot. And, you know, that can be numbing in, in, in many different ways from mm. alcohol, drug abuse, online shopping, um, swiping on Tinder, you know, relentlessly, um, just social media in general, you know, and that is just they, they go to to numb themselves from their reality. It's quite common, especially if you haven't been taught by your parents, you know, how to process your emotions in a negative way. I think often we get told as children, we get told off for crying, we get told off when we're distressed, we're told not to not to feel a certain way. Going back to your question, so yeah, I, I do try and deal with things in a in a healthy way I've got healthy hobbies I love I love meditation breath work yoga I am super busy always sort of learning and growing and developing um with my clients I think a, a tool that I bring them to is is love languages helping them understand their love languages because if they're feeling like they're bored or they need to create drama or chaos because that's what they're familiar with, even though they know that they want to break that cycle because it doesn't serve them. It's like, okay, what's missing? What, what do we need to work on? What is your love language? You know, do you know? Are you, are you feeding your love tank? Is your partner feeding your love tank? Are you feeding each other's? Because maybe there's something there that you could focus that energy in that direction instead. Yeah. And recently I read that what's more important than the five love languages, I was really surprised, are, is knowing your attachment styles. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. yes. What yes, can yes. you say about attachment <laughs> styles? Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> Let's so... go there. Let's go there, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a big part of the work that I do, you know, and it, you know, because it comes back down to, you know, adults who have a secure attachment style you know they had like healthy childhoods the one percent is what it feels like yeah not many not many and Mm. it's just you know i'm not sure if you've done the quiz no tell us about the quiz i'll put it in the references for people yeah there's a really great quiz where you can understand what your attachment style is and I take my clients through this and it's mm. just spot on. It, it really is, you know. Um, I, I, I just think it's fascinating as a way for you to start understanding the patterns that you have and just relate it back to your childhood. So can you give us a little idea of what they are and how they show up? Yeah, definitely. So in terms of like... <laughs> let's talk about the 1%, the secure attachment, you know, this was children who could depend on their caregivers and their parents. And when they were distressed, um, you know, this would be more like healthy distress, you know, when, when they were separated and when they were reunited, there was, there was joy. So it was, okay, well, that would be 
expected, right, as a, as a child. Mm. Um, so they're basically getting reassurance when the, the parent is able to um, nurture them. They get reassurance. Yes, and the parent isn't up and down in their moods and their feelings because you can have a parent who's super nice sometimes but then can really lose it or be moody or depressed at others and then the child feels unnerved and doesn't know what to expect. Yeah, because you've got that, you know, it's unpredictable mm. behaviour, so you're going to be on edge. Mm. They're like, oh, really having to gauge, you know, the, the situation. So if you've, if you've got a secure attachment trait, you know, you're looking at, you'd have like empathy, you'd have relationship satisfaction, you'll have trust, you'll be hopeful, you'll be independent, you'll have autonomy, you'll be emotionally connected, quite calm, honest, able to have intimacy adaptable wow sounds like ideal (laughs) yeah so you've got four attachment styles so we've just gone through the secure attachment but you also have avoidant anxious and disorganized so the disorganized is actually the least common it's a combination of avoidant and anxious we can all work on these attachment types to become more secure with more awareness and to understand our feelings, to be able to ask for what we need when we understand as well our languages of love. And even though it's a slow process, it sounds like it's definitely worth it. I know it has been for me. How's it been for you? Oh my God. I'm just, I just love the path of personal development. <laughs> I'm, adi- I'm addicted mm. to it. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Self-discovery yeah. and, you know, overcome the things that are holding me back. And, you know, when it, if, what I find fascinating is that when I dig and I pull on that thread, you know, mm. it always comes back to your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Danny. Um, I'm definitely going to put in the notes how people can contact you if they'd like to know more and uh, reach out to you and that quiz as well. Yes. I'm going to put that in there. Everyone can test themselves, see what attachment style they are. It's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, we could go on and on, I, I think, know. about these. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Rani. I always love speaking with you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.